and Daniel here, probably bad podcast mascot and all rad certified stud. And I'm here to thank all our patrons, especially Scribbles and Carlo. Whoopity doo, podcast for you. Hello and welcome to the Polypad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper. This probably bad RPG idea is... The heroes must deal with the rampage of a giant kitten, rubbing itself against buildings and pushing statues off plinths for no good reason. I like this because you can do it by putting a little kitten on the, on the battle mat. It's... You know, the GM doesn't have to decide what the enemy does, it just wanders around and does things. See, the only problem with that is that it wouldn't just do, like, an action on its turn. This thing has infinite legendary actions. Yeah, it is very powerful. It just does shit. <laughs> I do think my immediate thought is because it says about pushing stuff for no good reason. But part, like, one of the reasons cats do that kind of thing is because they don't have enough enrichment. So now I'm just wondering what kind of, like, fantasy enrichment you would have to provide for a giant kitten so it would be less destructive. I, like, I think what you need to do is you need to go on a quest to find the giants and get them to come and, like, teach them proper cat care so they're providing proper enrichment to their cats. I was picturing the cat as feral, but you're saying it's an outside cat. Yeah, like the giants are just not good cat owners, and your job is to teach them to be responsible pet owners. I like that. Especially because that means you don't have to fight a giant kitten, which mm. would be very sad. Yeah, nobody for some reason wants to join my punch kitten in the face repeatedly RPG. I mean, there are games where you can do that, but just normally ones where you also play as a cat. Mm. I mean, technically all games are games where you can do that. Okay, games where that is encouraged. Although I'm yeah, sure so... there's some Ed's Lord out there that's made a, a kitten massacring game. There is Kill Puppies for Satan, which is a real RPG. Of course there is. So you just reskin that. Yeah, now it's kittens, and also there's giants. Mm. But, like, you probably couldn't hurt the kitten because the giants would get annoyed. That's a good point, because if this is someone's pet, even if they're apparently fine with all of the dangers of outside, someone's going to get really cross at us for being critical of outdoor cats. Um, mm. They still don't want people hurting the cat. I mean, to be fair, like, I feel like the risks of outside are less dangerous if your cat is the size of a building. That is true, and although on the other hand, dragons exist. Yeah, this is my one um, controversial stance. It's okay to have an outdoors cat if your cat is the size of a, of a skyscraper. See, I would argue it's, it's still not okay to have an outdoor cat on the basis that it's going to cause a lot of problems, like mentioned in the idea. 
You should only have a cat the size of a skyscraper if you have an indoor space the size of many skyscrapers that you can keep the cat in and keep it enriched. Okay, so moving on from us being cancelled by various people. Yeah, outdoor cat discourse is surprisingly frequent. Um, I'm just thinking about what kind of enrichment you could provide though, like could you get an obelisk and just wrap it in rope and make a giant scratching post? I hope so, because that sounds adorable. Like, you could... Hmm. I feel like what you need to do is use magic to just make, like, giant, like, run-aroundy toys. And cause even more destruction. Yeah. As you get this, like warehouse-sized clockwork mouse. Use, like, prismic ray as one of those uh, laser pointers. I mean, dancing lights. Yeah, that's actually probably better than one that turns people to stone. Probably. Although then you've got more stuff to wrap rope around. Hmm. I feel like we've now moved on from the cat being a threat to the giants trying to provide enrichment to their cats being a threat. I mean, I do like the idea of there being an area of the world that you just, you cannot go to because there is a CR-30 kitten running around. Also, the concerning thing is, given it's a kitten, this presumably implies it will one day grow into an even bigger adult. Presumably, yeah. <clears throat> Maybe that's where dragons come from. <laughs> Maybe dragons are just big kittens. Hmm. Oh, whilst that process, though, of changing from a cat into a dragon would be absolutely horrifying. Hmm. Like, oh, my, my cat is going bald and looks like it has psoriasis. No, don't worry, like that's to, normal. I like to imagine that baby dragons do, in fact, just look identical to kittens, have people adopt them, assuming they're just kittens, but then they grow into dragons. That's fun. That's like... Giant, horrifying cuckoos. Hmm. That is how dragons reproduce. <laughs> like, you break into the dragon's horde and it's just, like, a bunch of kittens there. You're like, oh, I'm taking these kittens home with me. And then you are eaten by dragons in unrelated circumstances. How much would you have to kill each day to feed this giant kitten? Hmm. Yeah, because if you're going for, like, small animals, it's going to be a lot. Mm. Like, I mean, there's giant rats in D&D. There are, but they're not huge. Yeah. Well... Like, literally, they are. Size plus is not huge. Is this why dragons and... Dragons? Is this why giants in Skyrim farm mammoth? Yeah, for the cats to eat. Yeah. I like the idea of giants uh, selectively breeding progressively bigger rats for their cats, and this is causing more destruction. I think what we're learning here is giants should not be allowed cats. Giants cannot have pets until they've learned to be responsible. You know, you start them off with maybe like a whale, make sure that they keep the, the tank clean, keep that fed, and then maybe we can talk about a giant thing. I'd like to do your, like, 
the giant's parent in this situation. Your job is go to the giant lands and ground for more. <laughs> Look, someone needs to take responsibility for these things. Grounding a giant would be difficult. It would be. It's very hard to stop them leaving their house. Imagine the size of their room. Go to your room, I say, pointing us a nearby mountain. Oh, God, what if they had a tantrum, though? <laughs> this is just adding more disruption after the cat. It is. I think what a we may be learning is that giants might be an issue. The giant just starts throwing its toys around, but unfortunately each of its toys is the size of the Eiffel Tower. That's all we've established all giants are basically just giant children. Well, we've established that they don't have a parent, so they don't really... They don't get to mature having that, you know, that mature figure. I like the idea of giant... Is it, is it neonatal? Like, giants in their natural habitat never, like, mature beyond childhood. It's not neonatal. Like axolotls that... have. Can't remember the word. But anyway, the point is, yeah, giants are children forever, unless you get one into the rare situation where it matures into a proper giant, and that's where titans come from. Sorry, I got distracted trying to find the the phrase. Neotenic. Yes, giants are neotenic, and that's why they let kittens everywhere. And your quest is to get them to mature into adults. Do you do it the same way as with axolotls, where you can just, like, inject them with iodine and they suddenly become adults? <laughs> we solved the problem. We'd have found a way we could inject things into giants to make them grow several times larger. Your quest is to collect approximately two litres of iodine. So that we actually have enough to mature one giant. We must find the great iodine lakes of the north. If giants are the juvenile stage, mm. what are they the juvenile stage of? I mean, okay, so the obvious answer is titans, I feel. Mm -hmm. Or maybe gods. I like uh gods. Okay. Yeah, gods reproduce by just god, or gods reproduce by just spawning like millions of giants on the earth, and most of them are killed by heroes, but some of them get injected by iodine, like frogs. That is exactly maybe this how is how maybe this is how you prevent there being too many giants, hmm. too many gods even. Is you make it so they can only mature into gods through outside action? Yeah. So you can just kind of leave them there as, like, spares. Every time... The, the real problem is if the god of iodine dies, because then how do you get more gods? <laughs> that, that, is, that is, like, an issue. That is, I like the idea of, like, you have to do the quest to find out why the god of iodine is so specifically well defended by all other gods. Yeah. <laughs> I also do like the alternate idea of like 
their juvenile they're the juvenile stage of something like gnomes. Gnomes. <laughs> you would check them out, they just shrink down into a little guy in a hat and would wave geekly into the woods. So I feel like the like there is another obvious answer that isn't Titans, which is like ogres. Hmm. So I feel like they've got a lot in common. Yeah. Which, like, I think ogres are smaller than giants, but also the paradoxical frog is a thing, so... Yeah, like, it's possible that, yeah, they are bigger when they are younger and then just shrink down. Also, if you're listening to this, look up paradoxical frogs. They're weird and adorable. I'd like to have different giants being the juvenile stages of different things. So it's you inject it with iodine, then it's like a roulette as to what monster you end up facing. We could get an ogre, a gnome, or a literal deity. The three genders. Personally, I am a literal deity. Yeah, we've moved away a bit from the kitten. We have. We need to come back to the kitten. Okay, so if gods are the larval... Oh, if giants are the larval form of god. Mm-hmm. I like to feel that the giant kittens are the larval form of angels. Which implies that angels are the pets of gods, which raises a whole lot of concepts. I mean, you know, am I wrong? Probably. I feel like in in most like mythologies where they appear, they're more of a servant. Mm. The, you're a cleric, and the gods have asked you to provide enrichment for their for their seraphim. You need to collect a holy pet toy. What is the angelic version of catnip? I don't know, but I think, like, it should exist and it should be just something that, like, evil parties have and they just throw... Like, like good parties have holy water. Mm-hmm. Evil parties have, like, divine catnip, so any divine beings they feed, like, celestial beings they meet, just roll around on the floor giggling. Maybe it's gold. That would explain a lot, actually. That's why churches are full of it. It's why villains are incredibly tacky. Hmm. They just really love gold. I just I just love the idea if you go to heaven and there's just angels snorting gold. There's one room the angels aren't allowed in and it just looks like Donald Trump's house. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I, I feel like angels probably aren't allowed in Donald Trump's house. True. I do love the idea of angels being the pets of gods. It's the which fact means... that they're sentient that makes this bother me. Which means that demons are like feral pets? Demons are like, you know, when pigs go into the wild and just immediately revert to boars? Yeah. Demons are just like wild hogs. Remember, don't That's remember why they outdoor, go wild. Outdoor angels are dangerous because there's a high chance they might fall. <laughs> that just makes it sound like they're not good at walking. <laughs> they're not. That's why they have wounds. <laughs> oh, angels need mobility aids if they're not going to be flying. 
Which is I fair, because mobility aids are cool. Mm. I do like the quest of, like, you know, an eight, you, you have to, like, guide this angel through its trip through the world. Uh, but from the Divine's perspective, it's like, here, look after my pet for a while, I'm on holiday. I'm into it. Um, that feels like a good point to transition to questions. Hmm. So, our first question is from Blatella. Lots of games, RPGs very much included, assume combat is lethal by default. Not really a big fan of killing hundreds of desperate blue-collar criminals and or animals with their own ecosystem, though. How would you tone down the lethality of games like D&D? I'm interested in both your genuine and your probably bad answers, so take your pick. Replace all combat with pillow fights. So, my genuine answer, I think, is you just knock people out rather than killing them, which also mm. means you can, like, bring characters back later after they've been, quote-unquote, killed. Yeah, I mean, D&D has, like, the merciful enchantment, which means a weapon doesn't do lethal damage. And I feel like, you know, it's reasonable enough to just give people one of those if you want it to be less lethal. Or you can just say, I'm doing this non-lethally, mm. as long as you're not, you know, doing something ridiculous, <laughs> like, I'm, oh, I'm going to stab this... him in the chest non-lethally. Non-lethally, I put them in a wood chipper. I set him on fire non-lethally. Well, I do like it if anything you say with the descriptor non-lethally is non-lethal. It's almost like a spell that if you say yeah. non-lethally, they just somehow survive. Like, I'm going to decapitate him non-lethally, and now he just has to deal with being ahead. If you say non-lethally in front of the mirror three times, Bloody Mary will show up and decapitate you non-lethally. <laughs> um, I guess that turned from a, a genuine idea into a probably bad idea. Yeah, I think, like, yeah, it's reasonable enough to use just, like, you know, less lethal weapons and, if necessary, magic and just say, yeah, you're just knocking people out. Yeah. Or getting... I feel like the other way is simply to have people surrender, like, most people, and certainly most animals, won't fight to the death. Yeah. So if the players are clearly winning, then oh, animal will just, you know, flee into the woods and... Uh, sentient creature will surrender and then killing is more an active choice you have to make rather than just baked into the combat like give the yeah, creatures more... the ability to surrender or flee yeah because i know some dms do do like if it's a group thing they'll do like a morale role yeah. to see like you you do kill some of these people but how many of them before the rest of them just go actually this isn't worth it I guess there also there is yeah, the so... option of, like, it's not removing the lethality, but it's toning it down, which is what the question was. Yeah, it's like, you can still... giving them death saves. Yeah. Oh, that works too, yeah. Especially if you're here, if you, as the players, can, like, help them. Mm hmm And that could lead to some quite dramatic things as well, where, like, you've, you've, you've hurt this guy pretty badly... He succeeds in a, a death save, he starts talking, 
and then he fails and dies and you only get half of the information from him. Hmm. Yeah, I think the main thing is to make make killing a choice rather Yeah, make killing a meaningful choice rather than just a thing that happens. Definitely, yeah. And there's various possible ways of doing that. So terrible ways of doing this. <laughs> Replace all weapons with inflatables. Just nobody dies in this universe. Death does not exist. We haven't yet um, injected the giant of death with iodine, so there's no god of <laughs> death yet. Death exists, but it's really more of a timeout. Hmm. Like you just you spend like a week on the astral plane and then and then pop back into your body. I do, I do like. Like to be fair, in the D and D world, the afterlife is just the place you can go to. True. So I feel that could work as both a bad idea and a genuine idea of just you do kill things, but there's nothing particularly stopping them just leaving the outer planes and coming back. <laughs> Uh, I do like the idea of someone getting killed and going to, like, hell. And then they come back after a little bit, like, hmm, worth it, and just keeps going. Like, just like, you know, when someone dies, you just, like, get a little message from death saying which afterlife they're in and when they're available to have visitors. <laughs> I mean, that could be quite a fun quest, would be to, like, cross the abyss and kill the BBEG again so they can't get resurrected. Send the yeah. bad guys to super hell. <laughs> <laughs> or as what it's called in-universe, EBDB. Yeah, you can't permanently kill someone unless you first trick them into confessing their love to a weird hunter guy. Um... Yeah, to be These fair, are like date references. Yeah, we're cool guys. <laughs> yeah, just in yeah, to be fair, yeah, it is the case in universe and D D that death is not particularly permanent, and there genuinely is nothing stopping you going. Yeah, okay, you killed these guys, but don't worry, they'll get better soon. That's really fucked up. Hmm. Like, you could also have undead, so they're just, like... You know, they're just... back, but now they've got no skin. Somehow they've returned. Hmm. We're doing some very up-to-date references in this, this episode. <laughs> Listen, I spend a lot of time on Tumblr where memes never die. Because they come back from the outer planes. They do. You have to go to the special hell for memes and kill them again. Yeah. I do... I do like... First you I like the idea that memes go to hell. <laughs> Would you let them into heaven? <laughs> <laughs> Secondly... Yeah, like, I've always wondered, like, I think people in D&D settings don't consider the fact that if you murder someone, there's a decent chance they will come back as an unstoppable undead monster and pull your face off enough. Well, yeah, like, if you kill someone in a horrific enough way, you're gonna have to deal with a revenant at some point. 
Yeah, like, you know, imagine how many, like, evil regimes would collapse simply because they were summoning so many revenants. I feel like we've covered this. Possibly. It's just something that, like, I feel like the fact that death is just is just an inconvenience in D&D isn't a thing but is incorporated into a worldview of D&D enough. I feel like we need to make merch that says death is an inconvenience. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Don't worry so much about <laughs> killing people. They'll be fine. They just need to get a train back from the afterlife. I'm imagining a very, like, Ghibli train, like, um, hmm. a spirited away train. But you know what would actually be quite a cool setting, or at least setting premise? It's just like someone has built a train that goes through all of the outer worlds. So you can just sit on it and wait for it to arrive in your stop. And, you know, obviously there's, like, demons and angels and whatever the order in Chaos wants, Slavai and Inevitable and so forth, just all on the train. Then you set a murder mystery on the train. Yeah, murder mystery on the Dimensional Express. Yes. You're the ones who did it, and you've got to distract everyone before you arrive at the afterlife your victim was sent to when they can just ask them who killed them. So that you can double kill them. Yes. <laughs> so our second question... <laughs> Um, is anonymous. Since Vecna's free on D and D Beyond right now, um, I should mention this. Yeah, we've had this question sitting there for a while. Um, I wondered what probably bad Vecna ideas you had. Dick of Vecna. What does that do? Shoots lasers. Cool. Moving on. Um. But there must be some fun ways to deploy Vecna items. Hmm. I think, like... Okay. Give me a minute as I look something up. Are you looking up Vecna? I can neither confirm nor deny. Because <laughs> there is a thing I think is case, but I'm not entirely sure if I may I mean, someone made it up. It's all fake. Uh, no, uh, v- Vecna is real. Um, oh. Like, I... all of the rest of D&D is made up, but Vecna is real. We need to go apologize to some people. Um, okay, yeah, so... Do, 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 do. Right, yes, if you... um. If you have the eye effect and put it into your eye, mm-hmm. um, you know, it replaces your eye. If the eye is removed, you die. Same for the hand. Which means you can conceivably use the eye of Vecna as a really effective weapon of just walking up to people, quickly taking their, quickly like stabbing their eye, putting the eye in the socket, and then yoinking it out. I mean, I guess. Because there's no saving throw mentioned or any reference to hit points. You can just kill any being with eyes. That's that's definitely a bad idea. I I hate it. 
But I've got a great new, like, assassin idea. But yeah, like, I think, like... I also think you should have the body of Vecna, where you have to remove your body first. Wouldn't that just be possessing Vecna? Yeah. Like, possession is a thing. But yeah, so given Fechner is, um, you know, a real person. What the fuck am I talking about? I don't know. But right, so ideas with Fechner. The Book of Vile Darkness is Fechner, right? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. He basically did all the bad things. So, bad Vecner idea, what's the Book of Vile Darkness movie? <laughs> bad bad work, Vecner idea, Vecner is trying to fill, the, make the World of Darkness movie in-universe and you need to stop him. The World of Darkness movie? Yeah, Vecner, really, Vecner is really into Vampire the Masquerade and you need to stop him <laughs> being such a fucking nerd. Yeah, Vecner is trying sports. Vecna is trying to update the Book of Vile Darkness into the movie of Vile Darkness and then show it as like a major summer blockbuster which will corrupt a load of people and you need to stop him. See, it doesn't really work as a D&D, but I feel like that would be quite a fun, like, actually a World of Darkness game. Yeah. Or possibly a Call of Cthulhu concept. They're yeah, using I mean, these like, newfangled moving pictures to corrupt people. I mean, to be fair, Vecna is the god of secrets. He might know um, how to do advanced technology. Vecna is trying to introduce advanced technology to the world in order to spread the world of the. I need to stop calling it the world of darkness. That's not the thing that Vecna has. No, Vecna is trying to create the world of darkness. There's actually, I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad idea, but yeah, you explore your World of Darkness campaign and the twist at the end is this is the future of the D&D world after Vecna 1. Which means you, can, you then get to do a sequel campaign where you time travel back to Vecna times. Hmm. Vecna times is what the D&D setting is called. It's like it's like the restaurant medieval times, except you do get killed. Hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Vecna sort of uses a lot of evil overlord, mm. but the fact that he's the god of secrets isn't really used as much anymore. So Vecna is just threatening to like tell everyone what your kinks are, unless you do what he says. Maybe. Vecner is already winning, and that's why no one knows that the God of Secrets is the God of Secrets. Hmm. Maybe the real secret is that Vecna is behind you right now. You're never more than ten feet away from a Vecna in a major city. That, that would be a problem. Yeah, I think Vecna needs to be do more like... Sorry, at that exact moment I just heard my neighbours go, Oh no! <laughs> in regrettable news, Paper's neighbours have been now been murdered by Vecna. <laughs> See, I told, 
But they're taking it pretty well, all things considered. <laughs> I guess a super lich is killing me. Oh no. Hang on, let me just check something. There's nothing stopping you from... So Fechner has an empty eye socket, presumably, because he doesn't one of his eyes is out. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing stopping you putting the eye of Vecner into Vecna's eye, and then taking it out again, and then killing Vecna. I mean, I think Vecner is stopping you. Okay, yes, Vecner might have some objections, but you know. <laughs> Mechanically, there's nothing stopping you. So if you destroy Vecna's eye, it just reappears in Vecna's house. Is that true? Uh, yeah, well, it reappears in one of Vecna's many hidden vaults, where presumably he lives. That, that does imply that you think rich people just live in bank safes. Yeah, it's, they it's do. Not, it's not like Scrooge McDuck. I mean, you know, presumably his vaults are, like, you know, in his house or in one place, some place he lives. Why would it be, though? Maybe it's somewhere else with... Massive defences. Maybe it's like Fort Knox. Hmm, I mean, at the very least, he would find it. He would find it, and that's why you shouldn't destroy the Eye of Vecna. You, you can use it to give him messages, though. <laughs> just tie a note to it. Yeah, I was going to say carve something into it, but you can't really carve an eyeball. It's, you it's carve a... a hand. You can, but an, an eyeball is just... A jelly orb. Oh, also, fun facts, there is also the right thumb, right index finger, right middle finger, right pinky finger, canines, molar, scalp, skin, heart, left foot, and right eye of Vecna are other artifacts. So Vecna is missing some quite important body parts. Presumably yeah, Vecna is left-handed. Because that only leaves a ring finger on the right hand. Why did Vecna uh, leave that finger? Is, Re is Vecna married? Yes. That is one of the other artifacts, the wife of Vecna. Also, before anyone ats us, some countries do wear the wedding ring on the right hand. Yeah, the way the wife of Vecna works is you divorce your wife and then put the wife of Vecna in the place. And now you have magic powers. You do, but you also have an enemy. <laughs> My ex-wife misses me, but her aim is getting better. It's struck by fireball. I like the idea that it doesn't just give you powers, it gives your ex-wife powers. Oh no, see, what happened was she made a deal with a warlock to, to like, take you out. And what we don't realise is her patron is Beckner. <laughs> what we get... What we're getting is progressively closer and closer to a very strange rom-com. I was just thinking our slash relationship. <laughs> Am I the asshole for divorcing my wife or replacing my wife with the wife of Beckner Lord of Secrets and Terror? Slash relationships. My ex married my boss's wife and then my boss became... My husband? What do Something I do? Like... <laughs> also, we, have, we all have world-ending magic powers. Please help. 
Um, this feels like a good point to end the episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if we gave any good Vecna ideas so much as weird Vecna lore. And That's the Vecna to be fair. We were asked for probably bad Vecna ideas, and we delivered. I like to imagine that this entire story is what's actually told in the Book of Vile Darkness. Um, so if if you want to pay us to do this and also make homebrew and bonus episodes, you can go to patreon.com slash probablybadrpgideas. If you have a question, you can email probablybadpodcast at gmail.com, message Bad Probably on Twitter, or Probably Bad RPG Ideas on Tumblr. Um, I think that's it. That was a really long pause. I was trying to make a joke about Vecna and Patreon, but I didn't get there. Um, Nick, please, please remove that. your own joke about Vecna and Patreon here. You know what? Send us your own jokes about Vecna and Patreon. Um, yeah, so thanks. Thanks for listening. And remember, remember to have, have a probably, probably bad, bad day. day.